Ocean's Eleven stands as a testament to casting. Put enough cool guys in a room with a cool script and you get a cool movie. Wet Hot American Summer teaches a similar lesson. Put enough silly people in a room with a silly script and you get an extremely silly movie. Weirdly, the star power is almost equal. There are less Oscar nominees, although Bradley Cooper has enough for all of them, but more of the comedy stars of the future. Amy Poehler, Michael Ian Black, Paul Rudd, and Elizabeth Banks. Throw in some decently established comedians of the time, David Hyde Pierce, Janine Garofalo, Christopher Molini, and you have one of the all-time strongest comedic ensembles. But is it better than Ocean's Eleven? Today, we find out. We're talking about Wet Hot American Summer. Before we start, I'd just like to say the campers you're about to see suck dick. But nevertheless, please welcome them. This is Best Pictures, the podcast where we pick our favorite movies for every year we've been alive. I'm Cody Lunsford, and I am joined by Camper. I want you inside me. I'm Chad Oliver. You taste like a burger. I don't like you anymore. I'm Mark Watlington. Yep. Uh, we're over here in Camp Best Pictures where we watch the okay. best movies we're doing a whole for the. Camp bit. Yeah, we're doing the whole camp. Bit. Okay. We, oh, Chad like edited some campfire noises. <laughs> yeah, we're we're, we're crackle, sitting around crackle. the campfire. We've we've brought crackle. out the projection screen. Crackle. crackle. We we watch the best movies Bird. for every year we've been alive, and the Bird. way we do that is. Camper Mark gets to pick crackle, a movie. Crackle. Camper Chad gets to pick a movie. Camper Cody gets to pick a movie. We go to the library of of the Camper Academy Awards and they pick a movie. And then we roll a little dice and pick a random camp movie, which that's fun. What are we doing? But today, what, 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 is, what is this? <laughs> He's trying today. to describe the podcast but saying camp every other word. Okay. This, this is Camp Best Pictures. This is the camp that we run that is for movie lovers but of only movies that we love. Yeah. To, be clear, by me. to be clear, this is not a, a, a best pictures about camp movies. In not about like camp campy, movies. No. Um, we're still trying to figure out what camp is. We the Met Gala did no not idea. help. Didn't help at all. But this I think is I actually our... know less after the Camp Gala. The, Absolutely. Yeah. But this is our summer camp where we watch movies. And we're so glad you guys are cozying up by the campfire as we watch Wet Hot American Summer. But before... I want to hear what you guys were doing during the school year before what? summer camp. I am camp. so freaking what? confused about this. <laughs> this is whole such a thing. What week. <laughs> what 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 movies did you guys watch before you came to camp, Mark? You mean like at the movie theater? Yeah. What did you fucking watch at the Megaplex when we went into town? Can we like break the metaphor? I don't even understand why we're doing the metaphor thing. We're in camp. We weren't doing a heist last episode. I know, and it should have. Yeah, hindsight is twenty twenty. Damn. Yeah. Okay. So now we know what we're gonna do. Next week we're gonna talk like orc people. Um. Blah 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 blah. Man meat. Um, <laughs> um, the, I saw late night at, at the Cineplex. It was actually a matinee, so the title was something of a misnomer. Um, <laughs> thanks. Uh, I spent most of the movie trying to think of that. It's good. Um, Mindy Kaling, charming as always. Emma Thompson is actually really, really good in this. Not like surprisingly so, but uh, she's great. What's um, what's funny, Mark, is you said you spent the whole movie trying to think of that, and you still didn't write a review for Letterboxd, so, no. so it still took you too long, I suppose. I actually thought of it like one second ago. Wow, um, good movie, though. Yeah. Is it like is it going to take the world by storm? Do we I have mean, an Oscar contender? It's like, I think that if this movie had gone straight to Netflix... Yeah. Um, then it would have like you know been people would talk about like how Netflix is like saving the comedy mm-hmm. um, genre like the the like you know lighthearted it's not like a rom com but it's like a work com uh, right very yeah. like light com. and, yeah. and like breezy a and fun mid budget movie that yeah it's it's kind of weird that it did get a theatrical release honestly and didn't get yeah. dropped on Netflix. I mean, well, Amazon bought it, so it's going to be on yeah, Amazon soon. Amazon. Oh, okay. I didn't realize it was an Amazon movie, so that that, that makes yep. sense. Well, it was a Sundance movie that Amazon bought. Right. Right. Um. So I, I asked you if it has Oscar chances. Probably not. No. Emma Thompson, like, may, like, 
I would not be mad at a nomination, but I'm not going to, like, stand for it. Right. Well, yeah, and you yeah. didn't, like, tell us to put it on Best Pictures Recommend. So, nah. like, um, but, but what's interesting, something I've been thinking about is, like, have we had any big Oscar contenders this no, year yet? No, it's June. Not a no, big one. No, you say that. We had two by this point last year. Like, th- that's what's crazy is there's not even, like, an animated movie that I'm most confident in. And what was the – it was Black week. Panther and what else? Black Panther and there was one other one. I can't remember. But there was something else that released pretty early. Honestly – Everything of Get Out the, the year before. I think I may be combining two years, yeah. Honestly, but, but the I, biggest contender at this point is probably Avengers Endgame, and I doubt it gets a Best Picture nomination. I would say Us – us maybe, but I think the the reaction to us was like a little too iffy. I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like there there. So yes, by this point, there's not much that we three have necessarily seen. But I feel like I hear more rumbles around this time because of like some festival stuff, and I just don't know that there has been really that big os- Rocket Man. What a- Rocket Man's the one, but. Even they then, I feel like picture nomination. I doubt it's going to get an acting nomination. No, I think acting nomination. Acting, is I think, is the it. one that it will get. I think if it gets one, it gets acting, but I don't think it will get an acting nomination. Really interesting. Mm-hmm. No, it was like a mildly successful movie that came well, out in but May. But here's the thing: is that Oscars love like performances that are based on real people for some mm-hmm. reason. And so even if it's an okay performance, if it's based on a real person, it's going to be like, oh, he was transformative when he became Elton John. When it's like, no, he gave an okay performance, but like... No, I think he's good. He is very good, good but he's no better than like he was in Kingsman. I think he's like... Uh, I disagree. (laughs) I think he's better in this. Uh, Maybe that's that's a bad example, but like no better than like, you know, any average person is in like a, a good movie... And there's no conversation about Oscars. I just think that it takes a lot for Oscars to start paying attention to a movie when it's not Oscar season. Yeah. Yeah. And they have not like, and a big indicator is like the box office and rocket man did fine at the box office, but it wasn't get out and it wasn't black Panther. You're right. That's Mm -hmm. what it is. If it's early, it's got to make a fuck ton of money. It's got to be a cultural impact. I think think Endgame's the only one that's in that. I think, yeah, maybe so. I don't think that it'll. I think Endgame is a long shot. Yeah, I no, I agree with you. Shot. I don't. I just don't think there's been a good one. Like I good I, I would love for it to get some kind of recognition though, just yeah. because having the idea that the top three highest grossing movies worldwide were all Oscar nominated, like because there is an argument to be had, like that means it's culturally important. Yeah. Like I know there there's some discussion about like blockbusters, et cetera, et cetera. But if you make that big of an impact, you I don't are think culturally important. I think that the Oscar voting body would rather die than have two Marvel In nominees back to back. Yeah. Um I feel like they nominated Black Panther and they're like, All right, Marvel, there's your one. There's your one and let's not I maybe, Robert Downey yeah. Jr. they could really push for and sure. maybe get something out of that. But yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, but speaking of movies that definitely will have Oscar attention, Chad, what did you see? Uh, you're going to scream for a minute and uh, uh, something just fell in my house. So scream for like 15 seconds. Tell Mark what the movie is. Uh, I saw Dark Phoenix. Um, oh, it's um, I, uh, it's I haven't seen it yet. It's bad. Where'd Cody go? Oh. I was screaming. I didn't hear what he look, said. Look, I I didn't hear it either. He said something Talk about to me about Dark Phoenix though. Uh, look, here's the thing about Dark Phoenix. Um, the thing about Dark Phoenix is, uh, it's bad. Um, oh, yeah. So you know how like most movies they have like sort of like a, a like like a, a reason that they want they they desperately want to be made you know you know how it's like hard to like sell a script because like studios want to have a good reason to make a movie you know yeah. they want to like be like well we want to like really be sure this is a story we want to tell uh, right now 
and we want it to be worth making and worth putting the money into. Most movies are that, but what they tried with Dark Phoenix was something a little different. Um, They tried to make a movie uh, that was just pointless trash. Um, They tried. Did they succeed? uh, Yeah. Yeah, they really did. They made a movie so bad. Uh, I'm being hard on this movie. It's you it's are. Re- <laughs> it's real bad, and its messaging it's like is kind of bad. It's real bad, and its messaging is so messy. So I I don't I think I'm gonna go on record saying nobody should see this movie. And even if you wanted to see this movie, the drop off at the box office has been so intense that you might not I know. be able to see it by the time this episode comes. I'm out. like, yeah. Mark needs to go immediately, or I, he will miss it in theaters. I'm gonna find a day this week to go see it. Yeah, because Mark, I don't know Mark if it's gonna be in to theaters this weekend. Mark needs to see it. So literally, no person else needs to. I do agree with that. We need to because we're maniacs. Sure. We we have seen all the X Men franchise, etc. Yeah. I Mark wanted to see how it ended. Literally, no one else. It turns should. out how it ended was uh, kind of just disregarding what the messaging has been about. I don't. It, it was. Just, I don't think that. I don't know. This disregarding. I, I think it's just. I think. I mean. I think it's a lot more fine than you do. God. I think it's offensively bad. Like. I, don't. I think it's. It's just like. So eh, the movie whatever. spends the whole time talking about how scared of herself Jean Grey needs to be, and showing us that like we should be, and then in like one quippy moment, kind of negates all that without earning anything at all. It's yeah. trying to kind of turn the messaging. And the whole point of uh, Jessica Chastain's character is to be like a counterbalance to that final line. She's just supposed to be this emotionless thing. And Mm. because of that, she's impossible to watch on screen without falling asleep. Uh, I hate every single second that she's on screen. And I like Jessica Chastain a lot. (laughs) Right. Um, She did give a better performance in the trailer for it that played before Dark Phoenix than she she does in Dark Phoenix. And about... 15 seconds i was like yeah. more captivated um yeah. yeah and it's the biggest problem with this movie is just that it's so damn boring mm-hmm. that's my that was my main my main thing like chad i really want you to listen to an episode of this podcast it's called the business and okay. she interviewed uh the host interviewed simon kimber he's been doing a lot um, of press Surprisingly. Well, interviewed him right after this weekend, and mm-hmm. it really made me like him a lot. Yeah. Because she asked him a lot of tough questions, and he's, he's like, ultimately, if the movie doesn't work, it doesn't matter if we what went wrong it's on me but he does talk about like this was a movie that was supposed to come out in november or be in february and he's right in that it would have been received differently then it would have and he was like it's also opening in the wake of the one of the highest grossing movies of all time and one of the best superhero movies ever made like Mm -hmm. it just is like he he talks about some real fascinating things and some real struggles the franchise has had at a, as a whole. Yeah, I also didn't realize that like him and a couple other people have basically ghost directed the past two X Men movies. Completely unsurprised. And me too, but I just didn't know it for sure. Huh. And he is just very open about stuff. Who was um, on? What was uh, Brian Singer, the credited director of Apocalypse? Yeah. Yes, and of Days Apocalypse of and Days of Future it, well, Past. I knew, I knew Days of Future Past was a comeback, was like the comeback movie for him. But both of them were very Bohemian Rhapsody esque, where he would just disappear for days at a time. So even before Allegedly. the me, I, I don't want to get sued. E- but even yeah. before his Me Too scare, he was like a really sketchy director. No, he, he has been out. for like years and years. Yeah, he what would just go on like. Yeah, I, I don't want to call them benders, um, but he would just not show up for weeks on end. Yeah, and you could only suppose what he was doing instead, right? Yep, it's a mess. But the the movie's like fine. I don't know. No, I'm not that not. mad at it's it. Not but fine. it's really bad. Mark made a pretty good call of like not seeing many movies this week because the other option was Men in Black and National, which that is one also another little warmer. Fine. On. It was. It was fine. It was okay. It's fine. It's like yeah. it's. It's annoying how fine it is. Exactly. There's good moments. It makes me chuckle at times. There's some fun yeah. things, but it is like, you know, the twist from moment one. It doesn't from trailer one. <laughs> from trailer one, yeah. 
it doesn't necessarily feel fully like a Men in Black movie, if that makes any sense. And it's not mm-hmm. like those have the biggest brand identity. I think but the the big missing thing for me is Will Smith. But like this sort of creates its own identity through Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth. I kind of think it's just not funny enough. Like it, I truly it really think needs this a few is new more... passes. Like there's yeah. so many lines of dialogue that feel like the. Uh, let's write this down and we'll figure out what the real line is going to be later kind of yeah. thing where like Tessa Thompson will pick up a gun and be like, now this is more like it to something so generic and bland, right. you know, the, the movie um, feels generic. That's mm. actually a pretty good descriptor of it. Yeah. But like, yeah, it just needed to be a lot funnier, a yes. lot weirder. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the aliens and like the design with the exception of maybe one were pretty tame. And that one is tame. the beard alien. I really liked that that guy yeah it just is like and these are actors who can sell it i just don't know why it was so kind of like toothless i don't know yeah um but there were some production stuff starting to come out today where it's like oh this one was a disaster behind the scenes too where the studio it's sony so um the studio basically took it over and like basically was rewriting it to make it more basic Mm -hmm. as it went. And then Hemsworth and Thompson both had individual dialogue writers, which fam, that's just not how you make a movie. And like, (laughs) I feel like if you're going to make a fourth men in black movie, why would you decide to make one that's safer than the previous three? Make it with the, make I it mean, way weirder. Like keep raising which the, the bar. internet has been losing their mind the past day uh-huh. of why wasn't this MIB twenty three, which yes. is what it was supposed yeah, to be. That was the original pitch, which is a good pitch. It and it, it elevates both franchises in this really funny way. Would have it, loved to see that movie. It absolutely should have been that. Mm-hmm. But the reason why is a producer on Twenty Two Jump Street has some kind of deal. Like there, there's too many mega producers involved, and so they just couldn't reach an agreement. See, that's for when those I get people. annoyed. Is when like the red tape gets in the way of like what would be really fun and inventive storytelling. What's crazy is it's a producer I've never heard of, but apparently he's a big one because he had like first cash deal or something like he he made the first grab on it like with 21 jump street yes it's probably the guy who made the tv show i think maybe i don't know for sure but Mm. the fact that like spielberg wasn't gonna be the issue there but some random guy from 22 jump street (laughs) would be like so annoying I get so bummed out. I love Spielberg so much. I get so bummed out about how much bad stuff he produces. But that's just because he throws Amblin money at like sci-fi, any sci-fi thing. Yeah. Um, he produced all the Transformers movies. It's wild. Wait, Amblin is like involved in that? Not in Transformers. Spielberg oh, okay. is involved in Transformers. Weird. But Amblin is involved in all well, the minimum. I guess movies. I could see Spielberg being involved in just like the v- VFX, like. Because, like, yeah. that's one thing to be said about the Transformers movie is, like, its VFX were pretty revolutionary at yeah. the time, especially. Yeah. And they've only I gotten just, better. But I have stopped watching the movies, but I can tell they've only gotten better through clips. You've stopped? You dumb asshole. <laughs> I know. Watch I, Bumblebee. Well, I need to watch... Uh, I, about, I was about to, like, no joke accidentally say Chappie in reference to Bumblebee even though that's like my favorite <laughs> bit. Bumblebee is um, ridiculously good. No I, I believe you and I, I do want to watch that one. That's the one Don't I watch, watch Last Night or anything because they're rebooting it. Like yeah. the next Transformers movie is from Bumblebee. It's not from the other ones. Good because th- the, they're killing the Michael Bay Mark Wahlberg like final one. It's not happening supposedly. Um, yeah Men in Black it just is there's not going to be a, another one. Like, until they reboot it yet again. But, like, it just, like, we are not going to see another. I think the next time they try to do something with the property, it should be a TV series. Potentially. Potentially. Um, But my pitch I had the other day is also good of stop (laughs) trying to make Men in Black modern day. Make a 60s set Men in Black show. Sure. They did that already. Well, they went back in time. Well, they were in 70s. But they went back in time. But I'm like, just a whole movie or series in that time frame. Because that's when Men in Black stuff is. Do both. Do your movies or you do your TV series set in 
a different period. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just, you're probably right. A TV show is probably where they're going to have to yeah. go. Like a nice little like short season fun Open thing up the world a the little Amazon. bit. Yeah. You know, just have some characters. Yeah, just have more breathing room in, in like the storytelling so you can like, you know, have like I also extended will say, scene like, with a weird even alien. Even though all three of the original Men in Black did it and this one did it as well. I do kind of think we need a Men in Black movie that's not about saving the whole galaxy. Like, well, it's hard to have, have a, yeah. a galactic people and not have a galactic like issue. You know what but, I mean? Yeah, but if you I have mean, like a if you did the TV series, it could be a few more like weird <sighs> cases. You know, where it's like yeah, like th- that's I'm, what I want is some like weird smaller. I mean, scale I think cases. of other like mainstream sci-fi movies that have come out recently. Like like Solo was all about like stealing some stuff for like a sleazy alien. What yeah, if like something like want. that was going on or with like Earth aliens involved and like the Men in Black were like trying to stop the criminals or something, you know, like right. something smaller and less like there's a beam of light at the end of the movie and the the boys in black have to stop yeah. the alien from turn off the light, turn off the light, turn off the dark. Um, Spider. When is that movie coming out? The Spider-Man turn off the dark movie. Do you think that's what Marvel is teasing with their Spider-Man countdown? I hope of like so. Bringing Turn Off the Dark back. Um, I don't As know. Like what a podcast teasing. or some shit. I don't know. They're teasing. No, it is a comic that they're teasing, but I don't yeah. fucking know. What it I is. hope it I is the Sam Raimi Spider-Man Four script brought that's to. What, uh, that's what people. Well, I told you that. Yeah. Also, yeah, but, no. But they. People thought that people thought that yesterday when they tweeted out a like webbed four, but now mm-hmm. today they've tweeted out tweeted out a web three, so it's just a countdown. So we're gonna find yeah. out in two days. I saw so people online is. thinking that they were gonna make a Sam Raimi Spider-Man four movie, and I wanted to like have a serious conversation with a lot of people on the internet about how Hollywood works. Yeah, yeah, that now, was a lie. The I, comic book adaptation could have happened. I would not. have. I would love it if we could get that movie, frankly. But yeah, yeah that's not how Hollywood it. works. Well, I mean, you'd have to set it 20 years in the future. Yeah. Of course. 15. Yeah. Well, yeah. just like, uh, I mean, no, it's just unrelated to anything in the MCU right now. It's just like a sequel to Spider-Man 3. That Yeah, but Tobey Maguire is 20 years older. Yeah, you just have to set it like... Yeah, like 20 years, however long it is, after the events of Spider-Man 3, but not like in the future. Anyway, listeners, uh, you know what it is now, so I bet we sound dumb. Yeah, I bet we sound dumb as hell. Or it was so insignificant that you didn't even notice it got announced. That is likely. We get very fascinated about the potential of things, and then we find out what they are, and then are like, oh, all right. What was the like casting thing you sent? me today on twitter and you were like damn dude so excited but it was fuck like- off you didn't watch the mule i got excited because olivia uh um fucking director of uh book smart olivia wilde yeah olivia wilde and um fuck why can't i think john ham or john Clint eastwood's new movie or in clint eastwood's new movie yeah. and i got excited because the mu- the mule ruled but a little the bit the thing is you mm, disagree you get was so fine. excited was about every piece of movie i news. love movies <laughs> i know what movie do you love most in the year 2001 if you had to name one hmm. other than oceans 11 yeah i think it's right. wet hot american summer oh let's talk about that Let's talk about it. Uh, have you boys seen Wet Hot American Summer before? Oh, buddy, have I ever. Um, uh, like once or maybe a dozen times. Right. That, that seems yeah. more accurate. Well, I, I, saw it a, I saw it a couple of times. I didn't see it. I saw it the first time in like college. Um, and then I've seen both of the TV seasons that came out after. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, Mark, was your first time in college as well? I think it was. It might have been very late high school but i think it was i think it was college i think it was definitely college for me too there is a chance we don't know for sure but there is a chance mine and mark's first time was at the same it's time. a pretty Aww. good chance although i couldn't tell you when or where when or I where could, but i could guess the where because there was like <laughs> two places we watched movies freshman year right but like who would have shown it to us or did we just find it on our own like i, I don't, don't know. really remember. i feel like it's something that we had both heard about for a long yes, time or you so. had heard about for a long time uh-huh 
Anyway, that's my best guess. It's I a, have probably seen it four or five times. It's by a now. weird one. <laughs> it is a weird movie. Yeah. Just uh, four it, or five times. I feel like I've watched this movie like twice a year for the past ten years. Yeah, it's pretty wow. fucking solid. Is the thing? Um, Not ten years to be fair. Like five years. I know. Um, it. Uh, what's crazy too? So we've all seen it. We all happened upon it. Mm-hmm. I think a ton of people have seen this movie, but. Yeah. What's crazy is, so it wasn't well received when it first came out, right? It just wasn't. Which makes Roger Ebert a gave it one star. Sense. Which makes a he, lot of sense. It yeah. like had atrocious reviews, like Rotten Tomatoes, fuck off, but it ha- has like a 30 on there or something. Right. Because this um, is a movie that like, above all else, just sets out to be silly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a yes. silly time. And, I, that and it doesn't, does it. And not, when you're used to movies that are like trying to tell a complicated story or like do something other than just be silly <laughs> that can feel silly <laughs> i i think it's more than just being silly it is I think it has a, it, it is has a through line a it has a backbone it's uh it's like a it, it's a pride movie frankly yeah um, i think it also has like a very like emotional core and a, an emotional idea mm-hmm. that is like building to the whole time which i really like a lot um but but so like made no money when it came out i would be fascinated to see how much money it's made now through like netflix deals and like buying yeah. dvds but netflix will never tell you netflix will never, never tell me but g- boys buckle up as i tell you how much money it made in theater wait let me let, let, let me let me guess let me guess let me guess i know that it's it got bought for a hundred thousand dollars for distribution uh-huh um so and it probably made like thirty thousand in theaters uh more than that Okay. Over Jeff. under over under uh sixty thousand. More than that. You guys oh. are bad at things. It opened in like twelve cities. You instantly make more n- money than that. It, it was two hundred eighty five thousand. Oh. Like that's just not a lot. Not that's a lot, still no. pretty bad. What was the that's pretty bad. What's the budget on this movie? More than um, that. Yeah. <laughs> so so at Sundance David Wayne said that it was one point five million, but like they mm. told people that it was five million. Gotcha. So, mm. more than that. Yeah. Yeah, so it lost money. But it's crazy how much of, like, a cultural phenomenon it did become. Like, it is a true cult classic. So many people have seen it. So many people love it. Like, mm-hmm. it spawned two TV shows. Yeah. One well, pretty solid. One no good. I okay, mean, hold on. Fine, which is which to you? Th- I think the first season of the show, the one that's set the first day of camp, I think yeah. that one, I like that one a lot. Oh, really? Yeah. I, the 10 years later, I don't really like that much at all, but probably uh, should revisit. I like both of them, but I do agree that the first one's better. See, yeah. I need to revisit the first one, but I loved the second one when I watched it. Yeah, the second one's fun. It's got some good stuff. Yeah, I should, I should revisit it. I think they get almost too crazy in them. They Even do. though it makes me laugh. The like emotional core that I love in this movie is a little gone in the shows. I would agree there, and I think the other problem is that it spends a lot of time. It'd be like if they spent oh, half the movie with like the David Hyde Pierce asteroid thing falling, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to like mentioning it in the last ten minutes, like they do. <laughs> right. Um, it well, it feels like, like half of every episode is about like some international fucking Nixon is in it and like all of that stuff like yeah. and Elizabeth Banks is like an undercover like report like it's just this <laughs> right. like, come on I, oh yeah. man I forgot about that it's that is insane. great though it's really funny but I pretend none of that stuff is real when I'm watching the movie because I just want to appreciate the movie on its yeah. own yeah. terms I do think of the John Benjamin being the the can of soup the can uh, when, when I'm yes, watching yeah. the movie now I can't separate that in my head but everything yeah. especially the, the point where is it Zach Orth um, yes. like just looks at the can at the can and goes I think you need to talk to him um, <laughs> right that makes so much more sense after you've seen the TV show and like that is their old friend who got like transformed into a can of tomato soup yeah it's uh this movie's wild uh, so let's talk about like the loose plot of it right so basically it is a summer camp it is the last day of camp as definitely just one day definitely just one day right. as like romances are like forged as they kind of reckon with uh-huh. it being the last day of camp as they kind of get campers to accept themselves 
Um, and then it ends when camp is over. Like that mm-hmm. is the loose plot. Right. And then uh, there I'd are just say that so there are many like four things. or five like individual threads. But yeah, so so yeah. do we want to talk about those? Like, so there's who, like which people? Michael Showalter is in love uh, with I forget her name. Katie. 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 Um, Marguerite Moreau. And, yes. and she is with Paul Rudd's character. Andy. Yes. Who Paul so Rudd? His name's Andy. Loves Katie. Katie loves Andy. Yeah. Andy doesn't love anybody. Andy is my favorite character in the movie. <laughs> He's so good. He's it's so a funny. like pitch perfect performance. Yeah. It's wild. He is honestly like uh, just a GIF machine in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know him knocking down his plate and then picking. That is pick the funniest scene in the movie to me. I think when he just has I, the bad attitude about picking up the plate. Yes, it's yes. like oh, I don't have time. I gotta go. I'm really yeah. busy. And then he just also <laughs> anytime that he's making out with Katie and just be like, "Oh, you're suffocating me!" Yeah, <laughs> shoves um, her away. Yeah, yes. It's so and when great. he like spins around the pole and gives her the bird, so great. That is an incredible moment. Um, but also at the end, which, so the thing is, I have seen this movie multiple times, but there are things where I just like it didn't click for me until mm-hmm. certain watches, and that things just made me burst out laughing. And one of those was that. At the end, Katie tells Coop she doesn't want to be with him, but then Coop comes back and he's all like hot and has worked out and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he walks in the door and like uh, Andy does this like double take where he doesn't see him and then he like a full like 10 seconds later looks back and like his eyes like completely like <laughs> go wide as he sees Coop and that's incredible. So that's plot one. Plot two is Ken Marino really wants to have sex. Yeah. So it, but he has to go take campers out on a like river rabbit tour and Which, so he drives them out there, uh-huh. drops them off and then drives back in the mm-hmm. van um and wrecks the van. Meanwhile, the campers realize that he's the only one that knows how to steal steer a raft. Right. So the other the other counselor like finds a motorcycle tries to chase him down yeah and chases him down meanwhile these kids are just by themselves like on the drifting river. towards a waterfall it, yeah 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 it, it's like they're about to go over the waterfall and then it cuts to it and they're just stationary in a <laughs> just, pool not moving just pause in front of the waterfall just screaming <laughs> Which then leads to one of my other favorite scenes, which is when Joe Lutrulio arrives at the camp and he talks to the head counselor, who's played by Janine Garofalo, who is having her own stuff, but she kind of runs this whole thing. And he runs in and they're like, we we have to find a phone. And they fucking like destroy (laughs) the entire camp, like slamming everything. And they're like, where's the fucking phone? And are just like breaking glasses and like screaming. Yeah, for no reason. I can't handle that scene. Like it lays me out it's It's so so funny funny. yeah and so but then he like she's hooked up with somebody else so Mm -hmm. he doesn't get anything there then you have the head counselor is falling in love with the scientist who lives next door and that's uh, intermixed with the asteroid that's coming (laughs) down yeah so so david hyde pierce is a associate professor right (laughs) Right. Uh, that is probably one of my top (laughs) Uh, scenes in the movie is when he explains to the kids that he's not a professor, that he's an associate professor. And they ask him what that means, and he just pauses and says, Well, uh, I'm it's like being a professor, but I'm Less than, less than. (laughs) Uh, So, so so he and the kids like console him. It's such a funny scene. Also, this storyline gives us one of my favorite scenes, which is when they go to town because Mm -hmm. because the camp director wants to go to the library (laughs) to read about being an astrophysicist. astrophysicist. Meanwhile, yeah. he's at the library reading about how to be a camp director. <laughs> right. Um, Just so that they can they create go to town conversation. And go on like a drug, like they all, like they buy coke, they beat up an old lady they for her money. They, they do heroin. They do heroin and they come back to town and they're like, they go back to camp and they're like, it's always nice getting away to camp even if it's just for one hour. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. And and it also leads to Janine Garofalo and David Hayes Pierce having like a fun moment where they like talk to each other about their interest and they've like clearly <laughs> like study they're just reciting the book to each other yeah (laughs) but but then david heist pierce he's he's connecting with the indoor kids yes and um (laughs) then they save the world by uh skylab Mm -hmm. is falling and they manage to make it fall one degree to the side okay here is here's my 
mini theory about that. Um, I think that not only did, were they working to make the thing miss them, but also the weirdo kid who at the talent show does his talent, which is just like standing there and making things vibrate. Right. Um, I think that he also has some mental powers that made it miss. I feel like it's, no, it's, it's, it's kind wind. of both. It is literally wind just goes through and nobody knows, but like the weird kid, a just huge gust of wind comes through the, yeah. the camp and then they just ascribe it these mystical things. No, like, I, I, I'm on sure. board with this kid you have being your like theory, weirdly but... magical and from... Because uh-huh. he claims to be from space. Yeah, I think that that kid is from alien. space. I think that that's canon. So I no, think that he's from not. space and has like is protecting the camp from... I, I think that, that is a fun theory. It's and, a fun... Th- it's a fun also, theory. But I wouldn't think it's a theory. I think this it's, movie to do something yeah. that wild. I think it's pretty reasonable I think with to the assume TV shows being... I, I think the TV with the TV shows it's fair to assume that but when when Janine Garofalo first like talks to him they have him drop his robot voice and he talks like a normal mm-hmm. person like he's just meant to be a weird kid That's but true. Okay. it's fun to have theories it's yeah. very fun also that is a guy from Big Bang Theory right it's like comic book guy oh, from gross. I don't he's from something I don't know um also going on we've got Bradley Cooper's in two storylines uh, so he and Amy Poehler are trying to put on the talent show. Also, I don't think Bradley Cooper has any lines in this movie. The more I think about it, he does not. Well, not a ton. No, he does not a ton, but mm-hmm. he does. And then yeah, he so, marries Michael Ian Black. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Him and Michael Ian Black get married. Yeah. Which um, I've you heard think it's going to be a big deal that like their friends are going to beat him up for being gay and they don't. They, they, accept they get him like a wedding gift. Like it's, it's, it's funny and sweet. Which is, it's, it's kind of wild to see a movie from 2001 that doesn't play well, being gay as a joke. Well, that was the thing I've heard Michael Ian Black talk about that decision or maybe it was Bradley Cooper that was talking about this. One of the two. Probably both. Uh, probably both. Um, but they were talking about that decision and it was like at that time that would have been the joke to make but they wanted to subvert that expectation and to like right the only scene in this weird weird movie that's filmed like sincerely is like a passionate love scene and like wedding and like these mm-hmm. are like supposed to be filmed like more uh like they're like they're taking themselves more more sincerely more earnestly whereas everything else is just like crazy chaos all the time i don't fully agree with that 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 moment is hyper sincere but i do think there's yeah. several sincere moments in the movie and that's why it yeah. works for me it's probably think t- that... talking hyperbolously but but like right. that was like the joke they were trying to make was like no we're going to take like a gay uh marriage very seriously in this movie yeah we're not going to play it off as a joke right. the like whole a, joke yeah. of that storyline is isn't it funny that these guys might be homophobic but they're not they're actually just nice guys <laughs> yeah exactly right. like yeah the the joke is the subversion is like yeah, yeah. um but so yeah and then him and amy paul are trying to put on a performance for the talent show which anyone can sign up and include like it's kind of wild that they're putting on one number for a talent show right. but anyway she's so uh, mean to the 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 kids like, the kids yeah. but yes. they're like in the final performance they're so good <laughs> they're great yeah it's nice day but day day but day i love um him in that scene as the like it's it's uh, Michael, Michael Showalter, Showalter again, but it's him like yeah. playing a different character of like yeah. A... You you kind of think that it's like oh Coop dressed up and then Coop yeah. comes in, um, <laughs> right. and I guess the la- the only other like major storyline is Molly Shannon yeah. is going through a divorce and then uh, falls in one. love with a kid. Um, you also skipped the chef. The chef, fuck, <laughs> right. there's a lot going on. There's so much but going on. The chef has. PTSD and says wild things and wants mm-hmm. to hump a fridge and has a talking soup can. More and more importantly, the chef says wild things and then acts like he doesn't say the wild things. Right. And so right. his lesson isn't like, hey, get over your PTSD. It's like, hey, embrace you are yourself. fucked up, yeah. but you like it's okay. You and can hump a fridge. The through line in like most of these storylines is to be proud of who you are. It is, and that's what I like about it. Yeah. Like that is that is the the through line. I don't know. Right. It just and like, like there there are so many silly things happening. Right, but, and a lot of the silliness is involved in people trying to be someone that they're not. 
Like yes. there's the guy who like really wants to have sex and he's acting like he's had sex before all the time and it's weird right. and silly. Uh, I mean, there's the the chef who's pretending he didn't actually say the weird things he said. Um, there's like this this one isn't really played for laughs, but like at first, Michael Liam Black and Bradley Cooper are sort of like running away to hide their romance right. before they're like before they get mm-hmm. married, and like, they're they're all learning this lesson to be proud of who you are. <laughs> there's also movie. a lot of just standalone silly things, though. Th- like there is the a, capture the flag game with. Like, <laughs> Usain Bolt or whatever the 2001 version of that was. Right. right. And the, the baseball game where they're like, we don't really want to yeah. play. It and seems a like, little trite okay. and contrived. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I Camp love Tiger that. Paul. Yeah, it's a little played out. Pulls up. Right, <laughs> and they just send him away. It's like, oh, they don't want to do it. Oh, we totally understand. And they're cool with <laughs> it. So, so uh, all right. What are we going to do? Um, good stuff. I, good I, stuff. I, I think the Coop stuff is really good. I love the scene where mm-hmm. they exchange like flannels and sweatshirts. Yes. Yeah, just it just that's another thing that's so like ridiculously absurd but it feels very emotionally true of when you're trying to like flirt and kind of like have a moment with somebody you like but end up making it super awkward and uncomfortable. Yeah, it's just yeah. that like he, he doesn't hard. she's laying down all these hints and he is oblivious to them. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. but also just so nervous and it's so great. I I love yeah. I love them. And I, I and I think the conclusion of the story feels pretty emotionally true too. Like the 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 difference is this movie like lays it out and Katie spells it out where she's like, I'm 16, I'm all about sex, I just want the hot guy, et cetera, et cetera. She like spells it out, <laughs> yeah. which would not happen in real life, but this yeah. situation would. Yeah. And so like you know that's that's why like even in its most ridiculously silly moments there's something so sweet about this movie to me. There's something Mm -hmm. that feels very like emotionally true. I love that the final moment isn't a joke. The final moment is Janine Garofalo, like walking with Coop back into the camp as like the, like soft music plays. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like it, it just is like a, it's, and uh, here's where I get into my grand unified theory of what hot American summer. The fact that all this stuff happens in one day is very purposeful because when you go to camp or when you go to something like this, it just amplifies everybody's like friendships and emotions and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It just amplifies you, it. You got to speed it up. Squeeze everything so the, into a week, you know, right. <laughs> like these like friendships and relationships. Yeah. So, so it like amplifies it by making it one day that all these mm-hmm. things happen, but it still like sort of feels true that like you fall madly in love yeah. while at camp. You like have true friendships and true like antagonistic relationships like all within camp, and it it like gets at the feeling of camp to me. Like I I, I don't know how yeah. often you boys went to camp. No, I did, um, um, and I yeah. definitely agree with that. It yep. just. It it I don't know it. I like it a lot. I guess is what I'm saying. It's a um, great movie. Um, yeah. and just like being a teenager and not being focused on anything other than like right here and right mm-hmm. now, and like nobody's thinking long term. Like nobody is thinking about what happens after camp. Like camp right. is all. Well, they, they make do a, plan to get. They, they make do a, plan to get back together ten years from then. Yeah, that's right. the joke they make about the long term is uh. Is Paul Rudd the one that's like it has plans? At no, yeah, uh, Michael Ian Black has. Michael plans. Ian Black is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love, I love that part so much. Just like, well, why don't we say nine so that we'll be here by nine thirty? <laughs> no, why don't we say nine thirty and you make it your bees will have to be? Yeah, we we'll don't want to make we'll this a quota thing. Then we can be on time. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all clearly very old. Yes, um, and then just, the way they play with that on the first day of camp is a lot of fun too, where they're mm-hmm. all. T- Ten years older than they were when they made the movie mm-hmm. playing mm-hmm. two months younger <laughs> it's it's it, uh, real good it, 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 it's a it's a good movie mm-hmm. i i think when i first watched it what i was most dialed into was the funny stuff i think it, it's more as i more and more watched it that the like the level of sweetness and that kind of stuff really stands out to me and yeah. i really appreciate it because a lot of comedy movies end on a joke that kind of like undermines its whole like thing like Mm -hmm. so i love pop star right i love the movie pop star so much i hate 
the ending of Pop Star because it ends with a wolf coming out of nowhere and attacking him and it just cuts the black. It's like, that's not a real ending. You're just ending on a joke, you know? And to me, like, I don't know what Hot American Summer succeeds for me as a comedy, as a movie overall. I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, I definitely agree. It works as a comedy. It's very, very funny. And like a lot of these through lines have similar messagings um, and like themes running through it. But it always to me just feels more like a compilation of funny ideas and like smaller funny stories that are like barely connected and I, I get that, like, it's a lot of people at camp who are all going through different things. But it Yeah, just, everybody's living their own yeah, story. But That's it, what I it like. still just doesn't quite... Something isn't clicking for me in the movie. I, 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 couldn't, I can't really point my finger at what it is, but something just doesn't come together well. It might be the weird disassociation between being that absurd comedic and trying to be sincere in other moments and succeeding in some ways and maybe failing in others. I don't know. Something isn't coming together f- fully for me. But, I mean, all these pieces, like, I haven't disagreed with a single thing you guys liked. And I like I like every piece of this movie. It just doesn't feel like it comes together as a movie in Interesting. a way. Yeah, I could kind of see that. I mean, like, the movie is written by, like, a sketch group, basically. Yeah. Um, and I, the, I love them it, all. It, yeah. I love yeah, David Wayne as a... Like, I mean, the movie um, They Came Together is like an all-time yeah. favorite comedy for me. What's um, crazy is how much more you love that movie than this movie. You are very yeah. much in the minority I think, for that. I think that it's because that one is a story. And I think that that helps See, me See, I lot. have less of a grasp on that movie because it is just the satire to me. Like, it, 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 this one feels a bit more... Maybe it's just that it's well, so. It's it. I think it's way funnier than this movie. And this movie is. I need very to see funny. they came together. I don't think that this mm-hmm. this is like kind of supposed to be a satire of like camp movies. Like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. There was a list on Wikipedia. Yeah, but they're movies it's that I haven't really seen fit- because it's a genre that doesn't really exist anymore. Right. And maybe that's um, why I like it so much. Is like because I'm not thinking of those other things. It just feels like its own thing to me. Yeah. So it's supposed to be like a spoof of like meatballs and sleepaway camp and Indian summer, which are three movies I haven't seen. Um, but just like camp comedies. I, um, I, I love this movie. I, I don't know if it works for me on like an emotional level. I do enjoy that. It is like pure and innocent and not like, um, like mocking anything in particular. It's not not like, it doesn't make me feel like, there's there's no joke that I'm like ooh that doesn't land well twenty years later everything right. holds up well, really there's, well there's it, the use of the, compared to the f word that I, is kind of a weird choice considering that's the, true. the rest but of the movie's messaging about that topic is strange I think if you asked anybody they wouldn't be that upset with that because it's it's undermining it for a joke yeah yeah but it's just weird that that word is in there and that's the it, only it, thing if you're yeah. gonna point out anything that's in this movie that it d- sticks out as a sore thumb in 2019 it's the use of that word yeah i i think so too if you're making um, the same joke in 2019 you do not use that word even if you're making the no same because joke. because no, the whole not. joke of that of uh, plot line is that these kids aren't homophobic and if they were homophobic enough or if they were allies enough if you will to like buy a wedding present they wouldn't be using that word in the first place nah they probably would just say gay there yeah Yeah. you know you know um but Um, that is just a a, that's a time period for like it being a 2001 movie and we're in 2019 now and culture's evolved so i i enjoy the fact that it is so like clean and and like yeah, it's there isn't anything that happens that makes me feel weird about the movie in general. It's like, but I, I don't necessarily like connect to its message of like be yourself. Although yeah. I do see that in there, it it, it has right. never just stuck out to me. Yeah, it's, I can it's like I cannot think of another R-rated comedy that is this like optimistic and like mm-hmm. has no not like an ounce of cynicism in its. That is my problem. Bones, yeah, which, a lot of which a I lot like. of things feel way too cynical mm-hmm. for me to really enjoy. The, I don't love cynical comedy. Yeah, that's why like I like Rick and Morty. Okay, 
But like when I really dive into it, it's never going to be my favorite. Same with Bojack. I think it's masterfully made. I think it's so good. The cynicism still gets to me a little bit. Yeah. I would much rather like an, I like Bob's burgers. I like we bear, you know, like I, I, yeah. I like things that are a bit more optimistic. Name something that's humor. not a cartoon nerd. Um, well, it's why, I, it's why I like parks and rec better than the office. Yes, Even though Parks sure. and Rec starts with them being pretty mean, it doesn't stay them being mean. The Office is still, um, they're pretty mean. I think they both evolve into a more optimistic place, but sure. More so, The Office is still pretty, like, mean. I don't know. I don't it, know. It's hard to go back and watch The Office for me, which I know is weird because a lot of people love it and will watch no other show but that. Right. It but is a strange trend for, like, 25-year-olds. I know, but for me... The Office it, is like the friends of the 2000s, honestly. It is. Truly. But um, the thing is, anytime I've tried to go back, they just feel a bit too mean. Oh, I love The Good Place. The Good Place, like, even though Eleanor can be a little, like, mean sometimes, the point of that show is optimism, and that's why I like it a lot. Sure. I just like that more in comedy. I don't know. I feel yeah. like it's less. No, and, and I, I get that. And I also mm-hmm. enjoy that in comedy. I'm not as opposed to the cynicism because I think I am naturally cynical. Yeah, um, I'm kind of not. I don't know. I have my moments, but I, I would describe myself as less cynical. I would not describe myself that way. Um, but I, I, that's not to say that I don't enjoy things that are optimistic and uh, wholesome if you're on the internet. Right, right, right. I truly hate that word. Wholesome? That's a well, because good, people, useful people word. apply it to things that it doesn't apply to. Yeah. They're like, look at this pizza. It's so wholesome. It's it's just become such like a, a nebulous word, like epic. I'm, um, I'm quitting the internet. The internet it sucks. Yeah, no one should use the internet except for to listen to this podcast. Yeah, download um, our podcast. Don't need the internet to blow bubbles, right, mm-hmm. Cody? Cody's Cody is blowing, literally blowing, blowing bubbles, bubbles right now. I w- I w- we, how, it was frozen. Could, I was waiting until. Uh, how could you the, possibly the be call present. this boy cynical over here blowing bubbles? Blowing bubbles. I got my <laughs> steamboat Willie in front of me. I want to drive to where you are and pop each and every one of those bubbles. <laughs> you, you cynical asshole. But yeah, I mean, c- oh jeez. Yeah, for someone who loves Disney as much as you and like everything that everything that Disney produces. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I don't think anyone could possibly call you a cynic. I no. don't think so. Um, they could call me a bitch, a lover, a child, I and think, a mother. I'm I think a if sinner, I'm I think saint. if Disney sold just actual mouse shits and said these are Mickey Mouse's shits, you no, would buy them. No, I wouldn't. I think I'm you not, would buy yeah, them. That, that makes me feel. That makes me sound like a like Disney shrill. Like <laughs> I've like they've never made anything bad. I'm not. Name bad. something bad. Name something bad that Disney has done. Okay. Valiant. Alice in Wonderland. See, the fact um, that you didn't immediately jump to live action Aladdin tells me. Because <laughs> it's fine. You got to do some deep Things are cuts. Allowed to be fine. You got to do some deep cuts to get to a bad thing. Deep cuts Alice, like in, Alice Wonderland, in Wonderland, which made, which made a billion, billion fucking dollars. dollars. Well, the first yeah, thing you said. You're right, Chad. Okay. Okay. That's still <laughs> 10 years ago, but sure. Okay, but but Valiant is Yeah, what, what like even is the, Valiant? one of the worst movies I've about? ever seen. That's why I think about it. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. But like anyway, Mark we're just saw, voting Yeah, right I guess it's the best of No, no, we're comparing it to Ocean's 11. We got to do that. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, is there anything else to talk about? Is kind of the question. Um, I think we've covered it pretty thoroughly. Yeah. I, I think the one other question that I would kind of have is, has it had an impact on future comedy movies? Because we talk I mean, about like the impact of the movies that we pick. The, and the cast has had an impact, undoubtedly. That's definitely true. Yeah. Um, I mean, just like. Amy Poehler and Michael Ian Black and Michael Showalter is the showrunner for the Tonight Show right now. Mm. Um, no, 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 no. He's not. The ginger is. Oh, uh, Zach Orth is. Nope. Zach Orth is the bigger guy. What is his name? Oh, okay. Whatever. <laughs> Michael Showalter, though, directed The Big Sick. He did. Um, and he is directing like another movie soon that seems really interesting. Yeah. I can't um, remember what it is. Also, this is Bradley Cooper's first movie, and it's not like yes. he's gone on uh, to be a comedy star. 80, 80 um, Miles is who you're thinking of. 
80 miles is who I was thinking of. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Anyway, the cast has gone <laughs> you were on talking, to do Mark, I was letting you. Am- amazing things. If not, like, I don't know if this has had an influence on, like, how movies are written or made. Right. Uh, but it definitely has in who's in them. Yeah. Uh, Show Walter's next movie is a movie starring Issa Rae and Kumail Nanjani. That's right. about a couple that gets, uh, like, stuck in a murder mystery somehow. I um, I feel like probably a lot of current comedians and comedy filmmakers have been influenced by, like, David Wayne and What Hot American Summer. Yeah. But I feel like I, do Island, think, I would say definitely yes. has. I do think yes. that... Um, there was already a precedent set. Like, I mean, you think th- I think about like Naked Gun or Airplane, these like weird random like comedy movies from like decades ago. Yeah, and I think that had influence on this. I think it's been like a gradual stepping stone. I think it's a good tentpole of like where weirdo random comedy was. At I mean, the it's time. all comedy. Yeah, like, it it's is all comedy. Yeah. Yeah. like it is that. Mm-hmm. But and it's like. like- this is this is definitely like I think that LA alt comedy has kind of taken over a lot of the comedy stuff nowadays. I mean, yeah. Kumail is from alt comedy. Yeah, you know, a lot of the the big comedy stars from now are like from and, LA alt comedy, and this is where that you and, know Aziz came was yeah. was in a sketch group with uh, Michael Michael Ian Black and David Wayne. Like, was it? No, you're mixing up people. He was in one with Paul Shear. Um, well, and no. I'll, either way a lot of like the classic comedy guys are not really adapting to a changing comedy climate so like people who used to be huge are kind of like irrelevant to problematic now uh whereas alt comedy is just like wholesome and good and fun Mm -hmm. but i don't know well not always. There's some like real like dark and like cynical alt comedy, but like, is, but uh, it's it's not ever as like hateful as like mainstream comedy would sometimes well, slip into. Alt is a is a pretty big term. Yeah, it's a that's pretty, the thing. There is some alt that is just like anything mainstream we hate. So they're like hateful towards that kind of stuff. Sure, but yeah, but towards like people more inclusive now. for people. Yeah, yeah, but I, but I would say like. Mark said Lonely Island. I feel Lonely Island when I watch I, this. I do too, yeah. It, like, Tim Robinson stuff feels very in the vein of this. Probably pretty inspired, yeah. Um, You know, it, it's not, but it's still kind of not the most mainstream. Like, if we think but about I'd, Hot Rod and Popstar, which yeah. are masterpieces, yes. it's not like they did that well. I'd also, like, these the same people like the Lonely Island and Tim Robinson, I, I'd also like attribute things like Mr. Show to being influences on those guys. Absolutely. Which was, yeah, which was sure. going on Absolutely. around the same time as this movie. And like they're they're all kind of like in this neighborhood of, of weird old oh, comedy. Yeah, I would say like Wayne and Ackerman mm-hmm. and like uh, Bob and David, like they all were kind of like doing stuff at the same time. Yeah and kind of like influenced a lot of this kind of stuff um it's just it's crazy because we have like a huge influx of good comedy through like podcasts and shows and stuff like that but Mm -hmm. comedy movies are in such a weird spot right now it's a slump i can't wait for us to figure out how to make a comedy movie again it's either they're like super broad not very good comedies Mm. or they're like we're calling it a comedy but like you may crack a grin once and we just don't want to call it a drama it's a comedy starring or it's a drama starring a comedic person see i feel like that has been what people have been saying for a while but i feel like in the past two or three years i mean we've had book smart game night uh the those are pretty solid uh blockers those are solid those are good yeah um like uh Big Sick, which I just mentioned, and Netflix has been doing rom coms as well. So I feel like I feel like comedy is on the way back. But yeah. but I think Big Sick falls into that dramedy thing where it's still like really it's good. Pretty but it's still like dramatic. It's it's a drama. It, it, it's got funny moments. Mm-hmm. It's like James L. Sure. Brooks comedy. But I think yeah. I think that it is a comedy more than yeah. something like Eighth Grade. I would also call a comedy, but it is also See, way I, more a drama. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. I. I don't know that I would call it great a comedy. I don't actually. either. I think it's very funny at times, but it's yeah. it's but like Lady Bird. I would think Lady drama. Bird as a comedy would, would you? still more more of a drama though. 
Yeah, definitely. But that one, God, that one makes me bust out laughing. It's very again. Yeah, both so, of these so, so movies are is, very funny. There is stuff. It hasn't gone away. It just yeah. is like it, it. It's kind of harder to find, and it's mm-hmm. less well. I think it's I also know. harder to make a mid mid budget movie right well, now. Well, that's exactly that's, the problem yeah. is you can't have a high. I mean, you can have a high budget comedy, but then it's Jumanji. Yes, but 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 there's no right. mid budget stuff being made right now, With which Deadpool. is where comedies thrive. And, you and have a big star, a normally a big writer or director, but you don't need a huge budget for like special effects or anything. Well, but it's it's not even that they don't make movies that aren't big budgets, but they don't make movies that aren't franchises. So like they can make a big movie big budget comedy like Baywatch or Jumanji but it's be- they have a lot yeah. of like mm. hype behind them and a lot of weight and expectations behind them Yeah. whereas like you know make something like Booksmart which is you know I don't expect there to be a sequel for that I don't think anybody plans to make a sequel for that no, and, there and, doesn't need to and be. because there isn't that weight behind it it can kind of you know be a little bit more free yeah huh I don't know just stuff I think about um Anyway, movies are good. This movie is good. But the question is, is it the best movie of 2001? So it's going up against Ocean's Eleven. Uh, let's let Mark vote first because this isn't I, even interesting. I think <laughs> I'm going to – look, this is actually a really tough choice for me because these are both okay. – like if you look at my letterbox to like top four, like they're both in there. They're yeah, both yeah, yeah. Like, wow, what a year for you. Honestly, um, very good movies. Um, I think I have to go with Ocean's Eleven, though. Yeah, um, for sure. And there's really no reason other than just Ocean's Eleven is so, so good. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. Uh, Cody, I guess you can go. No, you go. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm agreeing with Ocean's Eleven. Um, there's just something. I, I love all the parts, but it just doesn't quite come together for me. Can't quite put my finger on it. Ocean's Eleven definitely does come together for me. It's... Uh, solid movie so yeah i'm picking oceans 11 this is a unanimous pick oh really yeah i love wet hot american summer i do think it's a masterpiece i think it is a five-star movie the problem is i also think oceans 11 is a masterpiece and a five-star movie yep um it just like oceans 11 it just from a filmmaking level and from like a scripting level like wet hot american summer is way funnier and i do like the emotional beats but like the cleverness and stuff like that Mm -hmm. in oceans 11 just works a lot i'll never forget the first time i saw oceans 11 and i realized that they were carrying the money out in the duffel bags as the swat Mm -hmm. team how much that blew my mind Mm -hmm. it's hard to like match that in any movie it's Frankly. so good. The the moment when they flip up their screens and it's like Brad Pitt under there. Yeah. So great. It's, it's so good. So it, it, the, it, the score playing underneath it, it's like doop, 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 doop. Oh, I love the music for that movie. Can we may have another episode of Ocean's Eleven? Ah, uh, we'll see. Just about the, that part. The, the thing is, <laughs> the whole like, episode about that part. It, it, it would be so hard for me if you were like, hey, Cody, let's throw on a movie and you put both in front of me of like, which one would I rather watch more? You know, like it, they are they are pretty even in my head. I just think there's something about Ocean's Eleven that gives a little more of an yep. edge, I think. It's um, honestly so close. And I think that Ocean, I think that Wet Hot would probably win other years for me. I think so, too. Um, but this year it does not. Um, so as we wrap things up, camp is coming to a close. Why don't you tell all the other campers where they can find you? Um, well, other campers, if you want to be pen pals, I guess. Yeah. What, you can what find is me this? on Twitter what are, at Wallington Mark. Why? What? Look, I I was really happy when we let this go about an hour ago, and now we're back. To I don't it. know why Chad's being so fucking resistant to it. How about being since a when have we done a whole player? episode bit like this before? <laughs> hey, it's called evolving uh, our art. Uh. You can send your postcards. is no You can send your postcards. I don't think so. You can send your postcards to me. Having fun sucks. You can I think send making your, jokes sucks. You can send I want to have a podcast where we can, just recite the jokes that are in the movie you can and don't come up with things ourselves. I love that. You can send your postcards to me at Chad A. Oliver <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram and Letterboxd. Guys, I'm really glad we're back to doing bits on this podcast. I think I think Doc 
Doc McFly or whatever is oh, coming back. Hey, uh, Cody, where can people find you? Uh, Chad, I just want to know, do you feel good about yourself? Do you feel good about what you just did? Uh, no, I don't feel good about <laughs> about being mean. Bit. Yeah, I just I just wanted to just want to check in, see see if it feels good. You can follow Cody at <laughs> Cody Lunsford underscore on Twitter, uh, and on Instagram. Instagram and Letterboxd is just regular old Cody Lunsford. Yeah. Man, Mark is starting to pay attention during uh, this. You part. can follow the show at We Pick Picks <laughs> on uh-huh. Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, good job. Chad also has been paying attention. Good job, boys. And you, of um, course, rate, rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, yep. I guess. We've never asked them to do that before, but maybe maybe do that. Yeah, yeah, maybe do that. That know. would yeah. be helpful. Yeah. Um, we, um, we will probably read one if we think about checking it. Yeah. Uh, and we find a new review. So there's so, an incentive. Yep. Um, thanks, everybody. Uh, make sure you're listening to Purely Nostalgia. That's our friends podcast. Um what did they just cover? Pokemon, the first movie. That, that was, was fun. That was a the movie's ago, not right? very good, but it was a good episode. Um, yeah, I don't think we have anything else. So, um, Mark, what is the best movie of 2001? Ocean's Eleven, easy peasy. Uh, Chad, yeah. uh, best movie of 2001? Ocean's Eleven, easy peasy. Uh, Cody, what's the best movie of 2001? <laughs> the best movie of 2001 is Ocean's Eleven, easy peasy. Remember, everyone. I hope it's not Jumbo Shrimp, because I'm allergic to oxymorons. Next episode on the podcast, we'll be talking about The Fellowship of the Ring, the first of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh, it's not available for streaming, but you can rent it on iTunes or Amazon. Uh, and we will be covering the theatrical release, not the extended edition, because that is the one that would be up for an Academy Award. So tune in. Also, I'm saving myself an hour of my own time. Yeah, and also it's a waste of time to watch the extended edition. The theatrical one is fine. It's fine. It's a good movie. <laughs> Let's not yell at our friends. If if you want to watch the extended edition, (laughs) you can. We just won't. We've got shit to do. Yeah, I'm triggered about the extended editions. I'm sorry. I've got to go to a bachelor party two days after we talk about it. Yes, so do I. (laughs) Yeah, me too. It's your bachelor party. Oh, shit. We're all going. Yeah, Uh, yeah, so we don't. We can't waste an hour. We got to pack. We got to do an itinerary. And probably edit it in the same night. So thank you. (laughs) Yeah, wonderful. You got to edit it on the fucking plane. Edit it on the plane, Chad. I don't want to edit, edit it on the plane, I'm not going to edit Chad. my podcast sitting in the aisle seat next to some dude looking over my shoulder and judging me for having a podcast. Give him a Chad, headphone. He'll be Chad, into it. You are a white guy with a beard and glasses. The yeah, minute you pull out anything, somebody's going to think you're doing a podcast. I don't need to be a white man with a beard and glasses <laughs> and have a podcast on this plane, okay? Honestly, you're going to get on there from LA with a beard and glasses, and they're going to be like, so you're going to like work on your podcast on the way? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're just going to expect no. it. They're going to be like, uh, yeah, just this is our podcast Look, section. This, just go over here I and hope, work on it. I hope you guys know this whole sign off is in the episode. So um, I guess say <laughs> I guess, wasn't say, recording. Uh, say goodbye now. Oh, you weren't recording? No, I totally was recording. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, everyone say goodbye now. Mark loves the Bye. Bye. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs>